0: On Tuesday night, we got the full Rugned Odor experience in an Orioles uniform. He makes a couple errors, he makes a bad base running play, and oh yeah, he hits the go-ahead game-winning two-run homer in the eighth. I'll recap it all, plus take a look at how the Orioles stack up with all the other teams in the AL wildcard race coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, August 10th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we will, of course, start by recapping a fantastic Orioles comeback win on Tuesday night as they beat the Blue Jays 6-5 to on Rugnet Odor's game-winning two-run homer in the eighth as the O's clinched the series. And then we'll take a look at not just the Blue Jays, but the other six teams who the Orioles are competing with currently in the American League wildcard race. And we'll look at, in terms of hitting, base running, fielding, and pitching, how the Orioles stack up against those six other teams as they go into a full playoff chase here for the final two months of the season. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. And before we get started, of course, just want to thank you, the listener, for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. Thank you so much for those who have rated and reviewed the podcast, either on Apple Pods, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. It helps out a lot. And, of course, we're here on YouTube on the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, most importantly, to the channel. And remember, as I've talked about this week, even if you are just an audio listener, you're going to want to head over to the Locked On Orioles YouTube page and hit that red subscribe button because we're going to do an exciting giveaway whenever we hit 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Now, we're getting there, over 900. But once we get to 1,000, all you have to do is be subscribed to Locked On Orioles on YouTube and you'll be entered to win a fun giveaway here on the podcast coming up very, very soon. But again, just want to thank you, the listener, for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day, And for your first listen today, well, let's start with what an incredible Orioles win it was on Tuesday night. Final score, Orioles 6, Blue Jays 5, as the O's clinch the series by winning the first two games from the Toronto Blue Jays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. The win gets the Orioles to 58-52 and 52 on the season, just two games back of the Toronto Blue Jays, just a half game back of the Tampa Bay Rays, who lost 5-3 to three to the Brewers on Tuesday night, and as I speak now, they are in the fifth inning. It's 0-0 between the Yankees and the Mariners. And you may be listening to this. Obviously, you will be on Wednesday, in which that game is over. And if it was a Yankees win, well, the Orioles are tied with the Mariners for the final wild card spot, final playoff spot in the American League. How about that? Well, how'd the Orioles do it? I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from the Orioles' 6-5 win over the Blue Jays. And of course, the first thing you need to know is Ned Odor played hero for the Orioles once again on Tuesday night. Now, Odor's been a hero before, a couple of walk offs he's been involved with this season, has hit some certainly big home runs. Remember that crazy game against Texas where he had the game tying home run as well? But this may be his biggest home run. Of the year. A two run shot, at the bottom of the eighth inning, off of Blue Jays reliever Yimi Garcia. After Austin Hayes had started the inning with a bloop single with the Orioles trailing 5 to 4. It's a 1 0 changeup that just caught way too much of the plate, and Odor crushes it out to right center field, 104 off the bat, 415 feet. It travels for a two run shot to give the Orioles a 6 5 lead. In the eighth inning, it was one of two hits on the day for Rugnet Odor, who had a two for four and also had four hard hit balls on the day. So every ball he put in play, even though only two were hits, were hit over 95 miles per hour off the bat. He was certainly swinging it well, hitting seventh and playing second base. And he's got a lot of hate, including on this podcast. But uh, yeah, that was a Rugnet Odor moment. And we've talked about it all year. Odor seems to, you know, make some bad plays be involved in some weird stuff and then all of a sudden he'll just make up for it when you think his time is done he did it again with that home run on Tuesday night. And that leads us to the second thing you need to know from this win is that you know we truly did get the full Rugneto Dor experience because it wasn't just the 2 for 4 with the four hard hit balls and of course the go ahead homer in the 8th inning. We also got the bad of Rugneto Dor as well. He made a bad base running mistake in the 4th inning. He led off the inning with a single off of Blue Jay starter Alec Manoa with the Orioles leading 3-1 to in the fourth. And then he was going on the pitch in which Ramona Reyes blooped a single into left field. If Odor would have just kept running, he would have been into third base with runners on the corners, but he stopped running. And Guriel made a nice throw to third. They get Odor caught in a rundown and tag him out. And basically killed a rally in the fourth inning in which the Orioles had three hits but didn't score because of the base running mistake and it kept it a 3-1 game. That could have been some big insurance runs. And then, well, he made a couple of errors in this game. The first one coming in the sixth inning on what ended up being an RBI single. He makes just a horrendous relay throw to home plate and just double clutch, couldn't get the ball out of his glove. If he transitions that ball from Mullins and fires to the plate in the sixth inning and makes a good throw, the Orioles throw Vladimir Guerrero Jr. out at the plate in that sense. So instead of it being a three to two game with a runner still on second and one out, it becomes most likely a three to one game with two outs and just a runner on first. Maybe Kyle Bradish stays in the game because that was the last batter he faces, and maybe the O's don't need to come back in this game. And then Odor. After hitting the big go-ahead homer, with one out in the top of the ninth inning defensively, it was just a little kind of squibber off the hands of the bat from Santiago Espinal up the middle. Odor makes a nice backhanded play, probably didn't have a chance to get him at first, tries to throw it anyway, ball slips out of his hand, just kind of lobs it way over Mountcastle's head, it bounces into the dugout, And it was an infield single, but the throwing error that went into the dugout gave Espinal an extra base and put him in scoring position with one out. Luckily, it didn't hurt the Orioles. Felix Bautista locked down his sixth save for the win, but it was the full Odor experience. And again, we've been talking about how much we want to see Gunnar Henderson and probably Rugnet Odor loses at-bats or maybe his roster spot because of that. But he showed tonight that uh, he certainly contains layers. And uh, the layer that was best was that two-run Go ahead, Homer. But I was talking about that sixth inning, and the third thing you need to know is that well, that sixth inning was ugly for a lot of reasons tonight for the Orioles. Blue Jays got four of their five runs in that sixth inning. I mentioned the RBI hit from Alejandro Kirk, and then the the throwing error and just the weird play by O'Dor that bumped Kyle Bradish out of the game. Then Brian Baker came in, walks a batter, and allows a three-run homer to Bo Bichette, which put the Blue Jays up five to three. It was. Bichette's second homer of the game. He had also had a solo shot off of Bradish in the second inning, which got the Blue Jays on the board at that point. And Baker did get the next two batters. But then, you know, the skies opened up in the middle of the sixth inning. It starts pouring. We have an hour and 18-minute rain delay in the middle of the sixth inning. And you look back, you know, Kyle Braddish had gotten the first out of the sixth before then, you know, giving up the walk and the hit. And you just think back. You know, if the Orioles would have gotten just two more outs there, they lead 3-1, to going bottom six, that rain comes, they may just call that game final because the home team's winning and you've played more than five innings. You've essentially played six full innings at that point, but it doesn't. The O's have to come back again. Luckily, it doesn't hurt them, but just a rough, rough inning with the rain delay and the Odor play and the home run. And, you know, Brian Baker did not look good again. You know, he gives up the homer. He walks a batter. He, you know, for the third straight appearance, seemed to just not have good command at all. Wasn't really super sure where the ball was going. And uh, that's something to, to look out for. Because not that Baker's been a super high leverage guy, but he's been important in kind of that fifth, fifth sixth, seventh inning role as a mid-reliever re- for the Orioles. And if he's losing his command, that could, uh, that could be a little tough for the O's. But the fourth thing you need to know is that the Oriole bullpen really picked up Brian Baker as you know they went to the rain delay came back the Orioles didn't score bottom six and then the O's went to Lewis Head who made his Orioles debut in this game ended up throwing an inning and a third scoreless two hits no walks and a strikeout on just 17 pitches for Head who was recalled on Monday replacing Bo Salser on the roster. And he got a good looking seventh. Then, you know, he allowed the first two runners to reach in the eighth, got an infield pop-up, and then left the game. And then Nick Vespi came in. And Nick Vespi, that was dominant. Nick Vespi, you know, obviously Rugneto Odor, the two-run homer, was the biggest play in this game. What Nick Vespi did to the two batters he faced in the eighth inning may have been the second biggest play's of this game because he enters with runners on first and second and one out. Orioles were trailing five to four in the eighth at that moment. Ryan Mountcastle had had an RBI double in the seventh, just continues to kill the Blue Jays, had a two for four with two doubles and an RBI on the night. But Vespi comes in and he faces the lefty, Rymel Tapia makes him look silly with a strikeout. And then, you know, he was scheduled to face another lefty in Bradley Zimmer, but the Blue Jays go to their bench. They bring out the big, power-hitting right-hander in Teoscar Hernandez as a pinch hitter. And if Hernandez gets any kind of hit there, let alone barrels one up into the stands, this game's over. And Vespi strikes out Hernandez on three pitches with a just filthy breaking ball below the knees to get him to swing through it. Vespi was fired up. It was some of the best I've seen him look. That was really promising because we know Vespi's going to have a bigger role moving forward. It was huge to see him get those big outs in the eighth. And then, of course, it was Felix Bautista who cleaned it up in the ninth, did give up the infield single, but got a strikeout, no walks, got his sixth save, took him just 13 pitches, and uh, was getting ahead of guys after struggling a little bit in his last two saves on Friday. And Monday looked a lot cleaner in the save on Tuesday. And the Orioles win the game 6-5. to Again, they are 58-52. and And could be, as you listen to this, in a playoff spot, with a tie with the Mariners, and at worst, are just a half game back the Rays for a playoff spot. And they're creeping up on the Blue Jays just two games behind them now as they win the series. But, you know, the Orioles, they're going to get a lot of games like this against the Blue Jays. They still have 13 more games left against Toronto this year. They also have a lot of games against the AL Playoff hopefuls. And heading into this series with Toronto, the Orioles had 54 games remaining, 45 of them, we're against teams in a playoff race right now. And a lot of those games against teams specifically in the AL wildcard race. They still got games against Tampa, against Boston, of course, against Toronto. They've got Cleveland and the Chicago White Sox still on the schedule as well. So wanted to take a look at how the Orioles stats-wise, hitting, fielding, pitching, and base running, stack up against the other six teams currently in the AL wildcard race. We'll get to that, start on the hitting side here in just a second. But first, I do have to tell you about a new sponsor here on Locked on Orioles, and that is Liver Health Formula. Because did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is actually through your liver? It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets, rich and unhealthy and processed foods, and constant exposure to thousands of man-made environmental toxins, most of us have overworked our livers. But now it's time to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients and, you know, all of which work together to wake up your liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low-energy energy all the time. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long term. And as a listener of Locked On Orioles, you can try Liver Health Formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. So go to getliverhelpcom MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com/mlb to try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free. Go to getliverhelp.com/mlb now. To get started. So the Orioles take down the Blue Jays 6-5 to with a miraculous two-run homer by Rugnet Odor in the eighth inning that put them on top. And these last two nights showed that the Orioles can hang with, you know, the best team right now in this AL wildcard race. Toronto still holds the top wildcard spot in the American League. And the Orioles are now 4-2 and two against the Blue Jays this season. Now, as we've talked about, they've still got 13 more games against Toronto this year. But it's going to be important to see how the Orioles stack up against these other AL wildcard teams down the stretch. Because they play all of them except for Seattle here in their final 52 games. The Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Guardians, the White Sox, the Rays. They play them all. And, of course, the Mariners are in this grouping as well of the wildcard team. So I wanted to take a look at how the Orioles stack up statistics wise to get a better sense of, you know, how likely is it for the Orioles to make the postseason? Because we know the fan playoff odds for the Orioles still under 10%. Baseball reference has them hovering around 40%. You know, it's very different at a lot of outlets with how they use their metrics. But the Orioles are certainly in this, as we know from the standings and how they're playing Against These teams, but wanted to start with the offense and a stat I talk about a lot here on this podcast is WRC plus. Now, if you're not familiar with the stat, it's basically an all encompassing stat that brings in hitting for average and hitting for power. And, you know, I think it's a good way to look at the full picture of a hitter. And what it also does, it is adjusts for league factors, you know, if the ball is dead or more of a lively ball, it adjusts for the ballpark that you play in and the ballpark factors as well. And it also is a good way to compare hitters to other hitters in the league. So WRC Plus, a stat where 100 is exactly league average. Anything below 100, you're below average. Anything above 100, you are above average. For example, of the seven teams in the AL wildcard race, the Toronto Blue Jays lead all those teams with a team WRC Plus of 114. That means the Blue Jays' offense this year as a whole, as a unit, has been about 14% better than a league average offense. Now, in terms of WRC+, the Orioles have the worst offense so far this year. These are all-season stats of these seven teams. The Orioles with a 96-team WRC+, these stats going into play on Tuesday, so it does not count Tuesday night's win. A 96 WRC+, is the worst of the wildcard teams. You have Toronto at 114, Seattle at 105, Tampa at 102, Boston, perfectly average at 100, then the White Sox and Cleveland at 99, and the Orioles at 96. So all-encompassing, you could make a strong argument that the Orioles have the worst offense out of these seven teams, which may put them behind the eight ball, but there are some places where they are a little bit better. Now, it is concerning that in on-base percentage... The Orioles also have the worst team on base percentage of these seven at just 305. The leaders are once again Toronto at 328, with Seattle once again in second at 315. But in terms of slugging percentage, the Orioles are up there. So, you know, your hits that are going for doubles, triples, and home runs. Orioles are third in team slugging percentage among the seven at 391. Once again, it is Toronto at 436. You may be sensing a pattern. The Toronto Blue Jays certainly have the best offense. Of these seven teams. Now, in terms of striking out and walking, well, the Orioles do strike out a lot, and their K percentage of 23.2%, well, that's the second worst of these seven teams. The Guardians are the best, with Toronto being second, but the Orioles have hit the ball pretty hard this year, and StatCast's hard hit percentage, the percentage of batted balls that come off the bat with an exit velocity of 95 miles per hour or higher, those balls usually lead to hits. Baltimore has a 30.2% hard hit rate. That is third among the seven AL wildcard teams, with just Toronto, of course, at 35%, and Boston at 31% above them. So they are up there in some of these stats. And the one other thing is, the Orioles run better than any of these teams. Now, these are not the Orioles of old. The Buck Showalter-era Orioles, who hit a whole bunch of home runs and did not steal bases at all. Frankly, with Park Factors, Camden Yards has gone from the most hitter-friendly park to most places have it as a bottom three hitters park. It's a top three pitchers park this year, with the wall being moved back 30 feet and up 10 feet in left field. And because of that, home runs are down. Orioles are one of the worst home run hitting teams among this group. But they're also the best base-stealing team in this group, and it helps to have Cedric Mullins and Jorge Mateo on your team. But the Orioles, going into play Tuesday, had stolen 69 bases On the season, That led all seven American League wildcard clubs. Now, to be fair, Cleveland had stolen 68 one behind, I should say. Then you have the Rays at 63. You have the White Sox and Red Sox all the way down there at 39. But that's a weapon that some of the other wildcard teams do not have, is the Orioles can steal bases whenever Mullins or Mateo or even some other guys get on base. They are a threat to take second. But That's how the offense stacks up. And I think, you know, when you look at all the numbers combined, I think it's clear Toronto has far and away the best offense of these wildcard teams. And you could make the case that the Orioles have the worst offense. If it's not the Orioles, it's probably Cleveland in this group. They don't really hit the ball necessarily hard. And, you know, they get on base a little bit better, but their slugging is down. I would probably say Cleveland is the worst offense, but I would put the Orioles 6th out of 7th in these team offenses in the wildcard race. So it's certainly a pushback. Now, you know, we hope the Orioles offense can get going. Ryan Mountcastle can, you know, use this Blue Jays series to heat up. And Taron Vavra can, you know, continue to hit in this Oriole lineup. And maybe they'll get reinforcements like Gunnar Henderson and Kyle Stowers, like I talked about on yesterday's episode, to help the offense but it's going to be a setback moving forward for the Orioles. So you see those stats, and you know they're not compared to the entire American League, just the seven teams in the wildcard race. And you ask, well, how are the O's really in this race right now? Well, surprisingly, as we've talked about all year, it's been the Oriole pitching that has kept them in it. And coming up next, we'll take a look at the Oriole pitching and the Oriole defense, which has been good as well, and see how those things play out. Against the other six teams in this American League wild card race. But first, gotta tell you about BlueNile.com. Because whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. They've got simple online tools to let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. And if you have questions or if you're just having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. So we're taking a look at how the Orioles compare to the rest of the AL wildcard teams. Because the O's just beat the Blue Jays 6-5 to five on Tuesday night, they've taken the first two of this series, and they've shown they're a team that can certainly hang with the top AL wildcard team at this moment. So we talked about the hitting, and yeah, the Orioles are probably 6th, could be considered 7th out of 7th in terms of the offense. But... On the pitching side, and in terms of the defense, the Orioles stack up a lot better. Now, I will say, in terms of the starting pitching, the Orioles are not quite there yet. And I think we know that by looking at who the O's are sending out there. With a rotation of Jordan Lyles, Kyle Bradish, Spencer Watkins, Austin Voth, and Dean Kramer, you're really not moving the needle for a lot of teams. And of these seven teams in the wildcard race, again, the Rays, Mariners, White Sox, Blue Jays, Guardians, Red Sox, and Orioles. The O's have the worst starting pitching ERA of the group at 4.54 coming into play on Tuesday. Now, the best is Tampa Bay at 3.44, followed by Seattle, Chicago, and Toronto, who are all under four with their starters ERA. But here's where things flip. When you look at the bullpen ERA, well, unsurprisingly, The Orioles have the best. They have the third best bullpen ERA in all of baseball and the best among these seven wildcard teams. The Orioles at a 3.09 bullpen ERA coming into play Tuesday. The best among these teams. Second best is the Tampa Bay Rays at 3.39. Then it goes Cleveland, Seattle. And the worst is Boston with a 4.42 bullpen ERA. Kind of the biggest reason right there. I don't think Boston is going to be in this race at the end of September, but Then you kind of dig a little deeper, and it does get a little concerning that despite the starting pitchers pitching better than they should, and despite the bullpen being great, the Orioles are not striking out enough batters this year. In terms of strikeout percentage for all pitching staffs, this includes bullpens and starters, the Orioles of these seven teams have the lowest strikeout percentage at just 20.3%, that number led by the White Sox at 23.7%, closely followed by the Rays, Blue Jays, and Mariners. Now, in terms of the walks, the Orioles aren't walking too many guys either, though. Best walk percentage of the seven teams is Tampa Bay at 6.5%. Then second, you have the Blue Jays at 7.1%. And coming in third, you have the Orioles with a 7.3 walk percentage as a staff so far this year. So they're throwing a lot of strikes. They're just not turning into strikeouts, which, you know, the name of the game is to miss bats and get outs. But if you're not missing bats down the stretch, it's going to hurt you more and more. Now... Another thing that does look good for the Orioles is that, you know, even though they have the lowest strikeout percentage of this group, which means generally, you know, they're allowing more contact, they're not allowing hard contact, which has really been the main reason why, despite lower strikeout numbers, the Orioles pitching staff, especially the bullpen, has been so, so good this year. In terms of hard hit percentage, as we talked about, you know, any batted ball that is 95 miles per hour or higher in terms of its exit velocity is a hard hit ball. Those balls generally end up as hits. The lowest hard hit percentage from any staff is the Rays at 35.9%. Then you have the White Sox second at 38.4%. And then third is the Orioles at 38.9%. So they're not allowing a lot of hard contact, which has certainly helped them this year. And then what also helps... They've had a very good defense. In terms of defensive runs saved on fan graphs, the Orioles have the third best defense of this seven-team group. They have Toronto at number one with 48 defensive runs saved, Cleveland at number two with 46, and the Orioles at number three with 32. And what's interesting about this group is, you know, obviously for defensive runs saved, zero is baseline average. You haven't allowed more runs than you shouldn't, and you haven't saved more runs than you should in terms of a defensive unit. The top six teams are all well above zero in this number. The bottom team in the Aho wildcard race, the Chicago White Sox, a negative nine defensive run saved as a team. Their defense is one of the big reasons why I don't think the White Sox will be one of the three teams that make the playoffs at the end of the year. So in terms of a full staff, I think the Orioles clearly have the best bullpen. And really when you get down to it, that's a huge part of this. Because bullpens maybe are going to be the most important units in a playoff chase like this, and certainly could be the most important units if the Orioles get into the postseason. So that's a big advantage for the Orioles. Now, to have the worst starter ERA obviously flips that on its head. When you combine the lower rock, walk rates, the lower hard hit rates, and you know the, the good defense behind them, I certainly wouldn't say the Orioles have the best pitching staff. I would give that to the Tampa Bay Rays at this point. They are at the tops of most of these lists. But behind Tampa, I mean, you know, you could certainly argue you put Cleveland number two. And then after that, the Orioles could slot in third or fourth in terms of just pitching staffs. Maybe I'd put them fourth of these seven teams. So they're certainly right in it. Now, it is concerning that I may be ranked, you know, at best, the Oriole offense sixth of seven. The Oriole pitching staff third of seven. Only three of the seven teams, even with the expanded playoffs this year, the extra wildcard team, are going to make the postseason. So maybe the Orioles are a little behind the eight ball in terms of how their roster is put together. But we knew that already. We knew going into this year, no one thought the Orioles would be 58-52 and and almost in a playoff spot on August 10th. No one thought that. We know all along, you look at the Blue Jays, Mariners, Rays, Red Sox, White Sox, and Guardians, all those teams have a much better roster on paper than the Orioles do. But the Orioles have won more games than three of those teams. And they're right in there with all six of those other teams. So that's kind of the point here. Yeah, on paper, maybe the Orioles don't stack up as well as they'd liked in terms of having good chances to get to the postseason. But they keep winning games. Not 100% sure how they do it, to be honest. Just look at Tuesday night's game. Not sure how they won that one, but they did. And I have hope that they have enough on the roster to keep winning some. You'd like them to have more. I hope they add Gunnar Henderson, and Kyle Stowers, and D.L. Hall, and others down the stretch to help this team. It's certainly going to be in a playoff push here in August and September. But, yeah, they might not have the firepower of a Toronto or the arms of a Tampa Bay, but they've got something in this team. And we saw it Tuesday night. They've got something that's going to keep them in this playoff race. And whether or not they get into the postseason, obviously I would love to see this team shock everyone and get into the playoffs. But even if they don't, and they're in a playoff race all the way through September, it's going to be a fun, fun ride. And we hope you are along for the ride, both here with me on Locked on Orioles and just with the O's, because they're in this thing. They are right in this thing, and they keep showing Orioles magic like they did on Tuesday night. But here on the podcast, I'll be back with you tomorrow for a Thursday episode. Of course, recapping Game 3 between the Orioles and the Blue Jays. Getting you the five things you need to know from that one. We'll see if the O's can complete a sweep over Toronto. Get even closer to the Blue Jays. And we'll keep talking all things Orioles. We'll also continue to talk about the Orioles draft. Talk about some Orioles prospects. Some great things going on down in Bowie. And all that's coming up with, of course, great coverage of the Major League team that is red hot. Coming up tomorrow on this pod. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.